Where does it go? Where does it go? All of that cast off junk, where does it go? Welcome to Where Does It Go? A podcast about the curious endings of all sorts of things. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. And Emily, today I'm going to talk about whales. <laughs> Yay! And specifically blue whales, but blue whales themselves are super fascinating fascinating to me because I think mostly it's because that they came out of the water just like we did. They're mammals, so they're placental mammals. So they they actually like live birth their babies. They um, the babies are actually you know just like human babies in that they are fed by placenta in the whale uh, uterus and then are live born just like our babies are. So they're mammals um, and they completely live in the sea. They're open ocean mammals. They just exist in the water. So we know that they have been out of the water were to terrestrial mammals and then went back in the water because of their morphology so they when we look at a lot of different whales like their their uh, fins and stuff we can see evidence that they had toes and legs and it's really kind of fascinating like blue whales especially which are my favorite the the largest Uh, animal that we've ever encountered and we think to have ever existed and we exist alongside of it right now Uh, yeah yeah used to be a terrestrial mammal or its ancestors did it's just super fascinating to me plus they're amazing they're majestic creatures anyway I can go on and on and I will um (laughs) <laughs> in this episode and I'll talk about where blue whales went but I'm gonna start a little bit into whales so uh they are even toed ungulates do you know what that is so ungulates are cud chewers right ungulates are like they stand on their toes oh okay so yeah. horses and things like that yeah so they uh so even toed ungulates they're hoofed animals so this is weird uh, whales used to be even toed ungulates. They are closely related to hippos. Their last common ancestor was a split from hippos. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. It like when I thought about it, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So Emily, you already know I love hippos. Yes. And it's a long, it's a, it's a, it's not a long story. I can go ahead and tell it because I feel like it's inspirational. So when I was in middle school, I have always been a larger person. Um, I was heavily teased about it, um, obviously, because, you know, low hanging fruit, that's what people choose. Um, so I was made fun of it and I was called a hippo a couple of times in gym class. And then later I came to realize like hippos are bad ass. Like they, they, are adorable and they swim amazingly but you don't want to f with them like they are super mean and i was like yeah i'm a hippo (laughs) it's like my spirit animal like uh and so whales alongside them they're just beautiful and majestic i'm also a very good swimmer (laughs) like so there you go i love whales too anyway so yeah, I was called a whale on the beach one time, and so I connect deeply with whales. Whales are amazing, and so are hippos. Anyway, that is why a little bit I'm obsessed with them. Plus, they're cool. 
So whales diverged from hippos about 55 million years ago, a long time ago. And the first cetacean, so the first whale, so we have the hippos and the whippomorpha, and then the cetaceans, the whales, um, broke off from that. And the first cetacean is considered to, to be this little... I'm going to tell you what it is. It looks like a hairless wolf pig to me. A hairless wolf pig. Okay. <laughs> it's called Pachycetus. Um, and it from, yeah, it's like a semi-aquatic, semi-hairless wolf pig. To me, it looks like a Mexican hairless chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So it had legs like a terrestrial mammal, but it's been most of its life in the water and the reason we think that is obviously where its skeletons are found Mm -hmm. um but also it's got some weird things like its eyes are facing upward so it can see above the water oh like a like a crocodilian exactly and it also has interesting auditory abilities like whales like it's got a thickened skull bone um and like for auditory hearing so but cetaceans whales actually have a specific uh, mandible because they hear out of their jaw partially and the pachycetus doesn't so this is the pachycetus our little hairless wolf pig um is our first known what we think is cetacean our first little whale ancestor which is amazing and then after that they kind of just are going more into the water, probably because of food, protection, etc. Like I, I was thinking about this. Like, okay, what would make a hippo go completely aquatic? And it's probably because of food. Like their uh, ancestors, they probably their food moved in. You know, you don't know because hippos still eat predominantly on land, but whales eat inland what's interesting is that hippos are vegetarian they they eat mostly plants but whales themselves are carnivorous they eat specifically fish and krill and we'll get into that but whales unlike their little wolf pig ancestor they're like i said completely open ocean mammals their entire life process is in the ocean and of course blue whales are so massive like where where on earth would they live like if they lived on land no they wouldn't the the gravity uh, literally the gravity of the situation would be a disaster <laughs> exactly that's a good way to put it so they eat sleep live, mate, eat, die in the ocean. That's what they do. And Emily, this came up again. I remember when you talked about sleep and where brains go during sleep. And this came up with dolphins and whales and that they they shut off one hemisphere of their brain at a time so they can sleep so they don't drown. Yep. So hippos, like, they bob up out of the water like every three minutes. Like, I guess they're just like caramel apples. They just like the apples in the tub. They just kind of float up and breathe and then fall back asleep. Um, Brains actually, or whales actually have their brain, half their brain shut off so they can go up for air. I mean, blue whales themselves can stay submerged for 90 minutes, but I sleep longer than 90 minutes. I don't know about whales. So, um, yeah, 
their part of their brain is on part of their brain is off i like that i kind of wish i could do that it would be i feel like it would be an interesting change from your entire brain is asleep but it also makes me wonder if it would be like the terrible sleep that you get when you're in like a hotel room the first night yeah where you're like not sure if you're going to be murdered so you got to stay yeah you're kind of half awake (laughs) so their heart rate can go down to two beats per minute that is unbelievable just this is the blue whale again and it's unbelievable to me because they're so massive there are two suborders of whales. There's the baleen whales, and those uh, the baleen whales feed by filtering their food through the keratin sheets that are filters in their mouths. I didn't know it was made out of keratin. It's like basically what our nails are made out of. Isn't that what they used in corsets too? Yeah, the whalebone. Right, so that makes sense for using for corsetry because keratin has some flexibility it would be like Mm -hmm. using your fingernails but (laughs) something like your fingernails and whale bones as well like they make it easier for them to float they're not like our bones where they're super dense like their their bones are not like their bones are more flexible um and then there's toothed whales which you know orcas are they have teeth yeah they eat larger food they uh don't need to filter feed they don't need to filter water through, catch tiny fish and krill, and then let it out. They actually eat crabs and fish and birds and etc. And like I said, all whales are considered carniv- carnivorous. They all eat animals, um, whether they're large or small, they're carnivorous. So there are a lot of whales to talk about. Like I said, I'm going to talk about blue whales because I like them and I had to pick one mm-hmm. <laughs> because I can't talk about all the whales because that would take forever and is a podcast into itself. It probably exists. I wonder. So, yeah, like I said, blue whales are the largest known animal to have yet ever exist. And I say yet because we don't know. Yeah, who like, knows? We have, you know, space to explore and all that stuff. If we can finally get there. And we get to exist alongside them. And blue whales are baleen whales they are super massive animals yet they eat one of the tiniest food sources on the planet which i think is crazy they filter feed so they lunge feed they basically dive super fast deep into the ocean their skin of their jaws have pleats in them so they expand like balloons let in as much water as possible filter out the krill and the tiny fish and then let the water out so massive amounts of water are going in filtered by the baleen the filters in the blue whale's mouth open to 80 degrees so their jaw can open to 80 degrees and they can engulf 200 metric tons of water at a time (laughs) that's so much water that is so much water that is so much water and what they're eating is less than an inch long krill is less than an inch long if you've ever if you're an aquaria person like i am um they look like ghost shrimp to be honest they're little ghost shrimp they're super cute look them up they're cute little shrimpy dudes. They look like ghost shrimp. They're kind of happy. And yeah, whales are eating a ton of them every single day. <laughs> 
So uh, whales birth their calves in the same places near the equator every few years. Um, baby blue whales gestate like for a year. So uh, blue whales pregnant for about a year, which is less than I thought because I thought elephants were like somewhere around 18 months. But blue whales apparently are only a year. Yeah, that's really fast. Yeah. And their breast milk is the thickest with the highest fat content in all of the mammal kingdom. And the reason for that is most blue whales live and feed up near the pole. So it's colder water Mm -hmm. and then have their babies in the warmer water. And so the high fat content of their breast milk helps the baby get get fat and blubbery really fast. So they want to get those babies nice and fat so they can go live and feed up near the poles. So they're going to colder water, but they do migrate down to warmer water to breed, have babies, um, and to make their babies bigger. And so blue whales tend to be solitary. They don't really travel in pods unless it's for like feeding or breeding, etc. The The main pair you're going to see is the mother and the baby. The males will um, have a bunch of different females that they impregnate. They are not, they don't tend to be like monogamous over a long term. Mm-hmm. That maybe a breeding season they will be. And then like the males go off and do their, you know, bachelor whale things and the mother and the baby are just like kind of the the main set that's those are the two you're gonna see Mm -hmm. is a mother whale with the baby and um whales are considered sexually mature uh at 10 years old so the baby blue whale is gonna stick around his mom until he's about 10 years old and blue whales themselves can live up to 90 as far as we know wow yeah i didn't know they were so long-lived I was like, wow, that's cool. So there are other whales that live longer. There was a whale, I think the sperm whale, they thought was like 200. That's just something I read. That's the type of whale from Moby Dick, right? Yes. Cool. Yeah. That's just a complete aside. (laughs) And do you know how they tell how old whales are? Their teeth? No. No. Then I don't know. Earwax. Ew. <laughs> Is it layered like trees? Yes. Ugh. So it gets layered differently because they'll go through a series of fasting while they're traveling down to the equator for mating or whatever. And so they can tell the cycles of their like feeding, breeding, fasting cycles by how thick their earwax is. That's my general understanding of it. And I had never in my life heard of anything like that. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, I've never heard of, that's why I guess teeth, because that's how you can tell how old a lot of ungulates are. Yeah, so blue whales don't have teeth. Oh, yeah. Duh. Yeah. No, it's fine. I was like, oh, because I thought the same thing. I was like, they're teeth. Oh, wait, they don't have teeth. Right. You just told us they're a baleen whale. And I'm like, is it their teeth? (laughs) (laughs) I studied plants, in fairness. In fairness, I studied plants. (laughs) Plants don't don't have teeth. So They don't have teeth. They have the keratin sheaths. Sheaths. So... There's four subspecies of blue whales. I didn't know that either. Um, they There's like two different estimates for how many whales there are. Like 
the estimate was like 15,000 mature, sexually mature blue whales. And then it like, I guess it was count then counting a total. It was 25,000 up to 25,000 whales. So I guess it's including the sexually mature and the non-sexually mature. The number was from 2018. So take that with a grain of salt, but sure. whales don't grow very fast and they don't breed very much. So mm-hmm. there you go. So uh, almost 100 years ago, there were probably about 140,000. So that's quite a decimation. And yes, blue whales uh, have been protected in both the northern and southern hemispheres. Since 1939, it just really depends depends which hemisphere the i was very surprised to find that they've actually been protected in the southern hemisphere since the late 30s and in the northern hemisphere um, in the 50s and 60s but they are considered endangered species yes so there are four subspecies of blue whales. There's the northern subspecies that live in the Atlantic, which I don't know. If, have you ever seen a blue whale? I haven't either. It's like on my bucket list. There's probably about 3,000 of those. Um, there's probably about 5,000 in the northern Pacific. There's probably about 3,000 in the central Pacific um, around Kamchatka, um, Russia, etc. There's probably about 3,000 there. There was no number for the northern Indian Ocean subspecies. Okay. Yeah. Then 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 there's the pygmy blue whale, which is a smaller whale that kind of lives around Australia and Indonesia. There's probably about two to 5,000 of those. And Antarctica, which are fascinatingly the largest of the blue whales, there's between five and 8,000 of them. So, I mean, it's really kind of a small population of animals that are sustaining the endangered uh, population as a whole. And females are larger than males. So the Antarctic blue whale uh, females can reach like 86 to 90 feet. That's a that's a big whale that's a big whale so where they go really depends on what subspecies they are and where they tend to spend their most time um so the northern subspecies they uh live around iceland most of the time and then um, they will go down to like the azores and northwest africa near the equator to have their babies the uh, eastern North Pacific population, they live around the Aleutian Islands, and they will go down close to, Me- to California and um, Mexico. So that's when I think when you hear about people going on a whale cruise and seeing whales, I think these are the whales that the people most likely see are the ones in the Pacific Northwest, near the uh, North Pacific, near Alaska, Aleutian Islands, etc. These are usually the whales people are taking pictures of and stuff. The um, the Russian kind of central western population, they live up there and then they go down into Hawaiian waters to have their babies. Oh. Yeah, so they're Hawaiian whales. The Indian Ocean ones hang out in the Indian Ocean and then they go down um, in the kind of islands near... Um, the equator nearer to the equator the pygmy blue whale is around indonesia and africa um and they move up into the pacific and the antarctic um they go down to australia they go up to australia sorry i'm like i'm thinking down and up and down and up yeah i get so you. they live they live near antarctica then they come up 
um, near Australia. So that's where they go. They're having babies. They're doing all their whale things in open ocean, hopefully not worrying about us crazy hairless apes wandering around. (laughs) (laughs) They're just doing their whale things. Yeah, and it just really depends on what kind of whales they are. They, you know, they're they're fascinating and beautiful creatures. And I know that sounds cheesy, but it's true. They are pretty unbelievable to have come out of the land into the water, deep into the water. And they seem to be intelligent. They sing they dance in the water. They enjoy each other's company. They are super beneficial to the environment. So there's this thing that I came across, and I, I couldn't find anything really else about it. It's called a whale pump. They think that they're since they dive deep and have all this water that they then swim up and spit out because obviously they have to breathe. It's like almost like this pump action thing and so they're churning the what the seawater like as they're going and it was called a whale pump and they think that they're like actually um really beneficial because they're spreading like all kinds of stuff throughout the ocean like everything kind of gets distributed and diverse because of them when they die their bodies sink to the ocean and they are an important uh home and food source for animals that live on the bottom of the ocean it's really pretty cool. Yeah, it sounds like they're almost like a force like a tide. Yeah, they're amazing. And I just, I, I spent so long reading about whales that I was like, I love whales so much. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, had to lead me to space whales because you know I'm obsessed with the idea of space whales right now. I'm currently designing my next tattoo um, to go on one of my thighs of a space whale and I wanted to like just think about the thought of astrocetus which is what a space whale is called like somebody has already given it a scientific name because people are geeky and I love them Mm -hmm. Um, astrocetus and so I like to think of like how they would exist if they existed my thought is that they have like this microbiome that lives on them and in them and that produces an atmosphere around them and they just kind of chill and like like swim through space like that what do you think emily when you think of space whale i think of the fantasia 2000 whales in that they're in water and then they're out of water into space and then they're back it's very um surrealist and it's beautiful it's very charming. Oh. So that's what it makes me think of. Oh, I'll have to watch it. So I, I like to wonder if like if you were in a spaceship next to them, and mm-hmm. since they like are, in my idea, they're producing an atmosphere around them, but they're so unbelievably super massive that like you can be in a spaceship next to them and they're still super massive um so you can hear them singing i think you should be able to hear them you know vocalizing and singing oh absolutely absolutely so in your spaceship like would it rattle i feel like it would like vibrate yeah i think there would be a hum going through yes you'd be like oh it's just the space whales And I wonder if we would go to sleep to the sound of space whales. Like, if you're in a ship. Maybe we do. Oh, maybe we do. That's a good thought. (laughs) Maybe we're just all... White noise is actually the sound of space whales. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yes, that was my 
little book report about whales and then I got to talk about space whales and where whales go and it was super fun how big would space whales be would they be the same size as terrestrial whales or would they be way bigger oh that would be like a newborn baby like they are super massive Mm -hmm. they are so massive that if we looked up in the sky we could see them cool I think (laughs) would they be in galaxies or between galaxies I think that they're so ancient, like they're they're one of those things like they're so long lived and ancient because they got to travel between all these places that, yeah, they would be everywhere and they're just, mm-hmm. they just, they just would, hang out. What would they eat? Would they eat photons? So, yeah. Yeah, I haven't decided that yet. I think that I think that they have this biome that surrounds them where all their like food. I think that their food mm-hmm. probably is like phytoplankton kind of a thing, but it's like space phytoplankton. So it's like they're absorbing the light and like whatever space dust is around them and then they're eating that and then like so they're just the biome that is around them in space is just it produces phytoplankton and they eat it and then it's just this wonderful symbiosis of of space habitat Mm -hmm. i feel like (laughs) this is my theory (laughs) works for me good very cool Whales are cool, and uh, if you want to contact us or tell us about what you think about space whales, you can contact us at wheredoesitpodcast at gmail.com. We have a Pinterest. Um, we have a Facebook that is randomly updated. <laughs> and thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.